I'm Janelle. I'm Kiara. And you're listening to Do You Sis? Hello? Hello, viewers. Welcome back to another episode. Yes. Hello, everybody. My name is Janelle. And I'm Kiara. If you guys didn't know, everyone, welcome back or welcome to our episode. So today, we do have a very special guest with us today. Yes, and she has her own podcast, Baddies with the, the Business. Business. I think it's such a cute name. Mm-hmm. I love its eye-grabbing. And why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us um, a little bit about you. Yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Malaron Hodge. Um, and as I mentioned, my podcast is called Baddies with Business, and it's focused on supporting black women entrepreneurs in year zero to five so a chance for them to share their stories and um, just celebrate moments that they've had but also share with the community how we can support them to make it beyond year five that's awesome I love that because I think that's a big um break in most people's businesses like they do really really good like the first year or two and then they're getting those sophomore years and it's like dang like what do I yeah, do now just slowly start going down less business like and people say stagnant they don't think of like new ideas how to branch out mm-hmm. to kind of just stay within you know their realm that they're comfortable with so I feel like that is a huge reason why businesses kind of stay flat and don't get better is because they just stay in their comfort zone of what they know yeah so what mm-hmm. do you um you sit on your podcast you pretty much give them like a platform to like help them do that stepping stone or like how <laughs> so that's what it is yeah, so I think of the podcast as like the first step mm-hmm. as like a place to just share your story and kind of get it out there and just reflect on maybe there was an incident that happened, maybe there was this learning that you had, but just a chance to just get it out there in the, in the world. Because something that I found is that oftentimes Black women share very similar stories of mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. Like, it's very similar stories, but they think they're by themselves. And so wanting to create this space of, like, you're not by yourself. There's other women who have experienced this, and here's this opportunity to make this connection. So that is, like, the first step is the podcast. And then the next thing that I'm, like, rolling out is, um, are events. And so... Mm-hmm have an event that's coming up in June and this is uh, called Baddies Cultivate and Create. So that is a chance to like really bring them together. It'll be virtual and connect with one another. There'll be um, content experts that are there and they'll have a chance to go into breakout rooms and then we'll end the session with intention setting. So that is like my next uh, like First step is share your story. Second step is like come to this community. Mm-hmm. And then the third step is like, okay, maintain the community piece. So I'm building out um, a community on Mighty Networks. Mm-hmm. And that'll be a chance for them to just like share what's happening if they have events and all that stuff. Oh, well, that's exciting. So how did you start with this? Were you just one day kind of thinking, I want I want to be the platform? Because I know a lot of people who start things like this, they think, well, I don't see something like this. And so I create it, you know, since you don't have it. So how did you get into, or the idea of starting the whole name and everything? Oh, such a good question, mm-hmm. sis. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that was a good question. <laughs> so I have been doing consulting. Oh, can I get a virtual hat? Yeah, <laughs> So I have been doing early stage entrepreneur coaching for the last couple of years, and it started at an education nonprofit. So 
I was working directly with folks who had new ideas in education. So if someone wanted to create an after-school program, a school, they just wanted to get some people together at a community center, all of those ideas, I would coach them on how to take it from something they wrote down on a paper to actually a program where the doors are opening and the kids are coming in. And I just maintain contact with a lot of the folks that I engaged with during that time. And they just became a part of my larger network. And so fast forward to last year when the pandemic started, you know, I was sitting in my apartment that I had just moved in like three months before. And I was like, you know, I'm, I am blessed to still have my full-time job and a salary, but I have a lot of friends that I know like their full-time is their, like their hustle, like their yeah. business. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to support them with the funds. Like, you know, I had budgeted. So every week I would try to buy at least one or two items from black woman and then post it on my personal page. And I was like, well, this is good, but I want to like do more. I want to do more. And so the thing that I always would coach people to do is before you start something, like make sure there's an interest and make sure there's a need. And so thought of the idea of a podcast because everyone's sitting inside and just listening. And I had like, I think I had previously watched a versus and I was like, look, people are just like looking for something to engage with. Yeah. And so I talked to a couple of friends who I knew are entrepreneurs and asked them, Hey, if I come up with this podcast, like, what do you think of it? Would you be on it? And they were like, that's great. And I said, okay, cool. Let me ask another friend. And I continued to hear yeses. And so that the name came from one of those friends that I talked to. I was like, hey, I got six different names. What do you think? And so we were just going back and forth, going back and forth. And we kind of landed on baddies with the business. So um, shout out to her, Delicia Sylvester with uh, Black Superwoman Chronicles. She's the one that kind of helped me, you know, bring it home with baddies with business. So yeah, that's kind of like my experience leading up to just wanting to provide more opportunity to, to share stories. And I think I just didn't want this to be like, hey, I bootstrapped this and look at me making a million or a billion and all of this stuff. You can do it too if you just like hustle for the next two weeks. No, like it's a lot of people who struggle for like two or three years Mm -hmm. and then something happens and then it like it flows from there. And so I just wanted a chance to have very raw and open conversations about I love it and I'm I'm passionate about it, but also it's trash. And sometimes I stop (laughs) and sometimes (laughs) I burn out, you know? So that was kind of like the, the catalyst for starting. I like that. And I just want to ask this question because I'm a stalker and I stalked your Instagram. Um, (laughs) How did you get into like roller derby? (laughs) (laughs) I know that was just random. I was like, you know, doing my research as a journalist that I am and I saw you were doing it and like, that's where you like hit women and how about you you explain what it was (laughs) you're on roller skates I saw that and like you know a lot of people was like oh you know it's like a like a white sport you know how we have like running jokes Mm -hmm. in like the community like oh that's a white boy sport that's this so when I saw Mm -hmm. that I was like whoa that's not what I expected (laughs) you to do I don't think I've ever met anybody yes you you have now so Um, I am pork chop slam, which that is my derby oh. name. <laughs> That's and really funny. My number is nine one one because when I hit these hoes, they have to call nine one one. So, so that is that persona. I got into roller derby back in 
2012. So I had recently moved to New Orleans and I was eating all the food. And um, I was like, look, I, this food is great. I know I'm going to gain all these pounds because I'm eating all this food and I'm not going to stop eating the food. So I need some type of like physical activity to do. Mm-hmm. You know, there was kickball. There's all these different like adult group, like adult sports. So one of the teachers at the school I worked at, she was like, I play roller derby. I never played sports before and I'm on the A team. And I was like, what? If you can do it, I know I can do it because I played sports <laughs> all my life. I went to tryouts. I sucked. Like, I sucked. I was holding on to the wall the whole time, but somehow I made it, y'all. I don't know. <laughs> but they were like, look, if you are willing, we can teach you everything you need to know. And yeah, that was October 2012. And I have been playing roller derby ever since then. Oh, wow. It's, so it's like 10 years. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting because I can't roller skate. Um, for those who know me personally and my sisters know, I I don't have oh, no kind of balance. Awful. It's just honestly embarrassing. I know me and my little sister are always the ones who would go out and do all these adventures. Yeah, I don't like to fall. And so she wasn't, and it was she always just like she would fall in front of everybody. It's so all the time. So me and my sister would just skate away. <laughs> but um with that, are you the only um so you're in New Orleans, you said, right? So are you the only African American on that team or is it a lot or is there more of us than we think it is? <sighs> There's a lot of layers to that question. So it is a very, it's traditionally a very white sport. Mm -hmm. And they have been like women of color that have been involved in the sports Mm -hmm. as we think about like women's. So I'm a part of the Women's Flat Track Derby Association. So there's a whole like slew of us. I didn't know derby was that big, y'all, until (laughs) I got into it. I thought I was just going to be out here skating with these white girls. Come to find out, it's a whole, like across the world, there are literally leagues across the world. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And so when I was on the team in New Orleans, it was, there were three black women that were on our team. And then we had a Latina woman and I th- we had an Asian woman. So it was about five of us, but our league was like 40 people. Damn. So it was, it was kind of off, but also we're in New Orleans. So it doesn't really add up if you're in New Orleans and you, yeah, and you for sure. <laughs> Um, so we tried to, during that time that I was in the league, I tried to like help with recruitment. We tried to increase our numbers. Um, we were able to do that. Sometimes it was hard to sell to people. Like you're going to hit people on skates. Cause it's a little, you know, it's a little overwhelming to think about, like I'm hitting someone I could get hurt. But I think once we got people into it, they were, they were hooked. And so, yeah, I, I would say it depends on the league. So like Atlanta's league is pretty much all like women of color and maybe a few like nine black and brown people interesting because like i i mean i seen the, mo- the show glow i think i saw that show about the famous roller derby roller, oh, I, I, how do you say it roller derby i've just seen it in movies mm-hmm. and i know they go in like circles and they like <laughs> yep. break their holding oh, arms I did not yeah, see, you like, can play i'm gonna recruit you you can play roller derby we're gonna think of a, a derby name for you but yeah so it's which is your first name be um, I don't, your screams, because I think I'll scream all the time. <laughs> I don't want any screams, because I cry. Weak sauce. Weak sauce. Actually, I like weak sauce. They're going to, I'm going to be like a secret, Yeah, like, you're going to be bullet. the silent weapon. There you go. Weak Sick sauce. Ooh, or silent weapon is good, too. Mm-hmm. Silent weapon's good. I think I'll be that. They're going to see me. No, I'm going to probably cry. 
Yeah, I, I haven't like been on rollerblading in so long, but it's like a, it's coming back in now. Rollerblading's like yeah. coming back in like as a trend. So I think that's it's pretty very cool. popular. Yeah. yeah, everybody, all the people like. I think of like two or three years ago when I was playing roller derby, I was like, I can't skate. I'm not going to do that. And now those people have bought skates. One of my really good friends, she was like, I'm going to buy me some skates, Malaron. And I was like, okay, girl, like, <laughs> you can get on soon. And, you know, she's in New Orleans. So I said, look, when I come back to visit, we're going to skate through the quarter. I don't know if she's ready for that, but <laughs> so skate through the quarter and do all of that. So yeah, that's my, um, fun little derby passion. I might be able to hobby. live out my ATL dreams with T.I. My little oh, God. You know, you know what I'm talking cascade. about? Like, roll belts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about my dream. Um, so, like I said, I did a little research, honey. You went to HBCU school? Yes, I did. I went to Winston-Salem State University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Go Rams. Is that where you're originally from? North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Peter Pablo, <laughs> hey. Yeah, I'm I went to... An HBCU as well, um, Texas so Southern, I. and yeah, you did. Oh, I forgot you did. Too. Yeah, and it's funny because we had <laughs> two for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we had two different experiences. experiences with HBCU. So when I went, um, I was had classes there, and I also went to UT because I was okay. RTC. And the culture shock for me was huge. Like mm-hmm. you know, because um, we went to like a you know probably Mexican. We're half, so you know we have half, mm-hmm. half Mexican, so we weren't like one race favored the other so when yeah. I went to the HBCU I was like at first like, oh my god this is like stomp the yard like I mean now them boys cannot step but it's okay <laughs> coming from not knowing I thought this yes. was like this is stomp the yard like these mm-hmm. who are the, alpha, the alphas the black and gold guys I was mm-hmm. like oh my god or the kappas no, no, the Kappas are red. No, no the Alphas are black and gold. Red. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah they were like, red. you know, wait, no. Who who barks? Who barks? Q-dogs. Q-dogs. Them. So they were like barking and all this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, like this is such a, like this is such a culture shock because we grew up in the military. So mm-hmm. I haven't been around that many, like, you know, blacks in my, you know, that much because we grew up in the military. And yeah. it was such an interesting culture shock to me. I was like, wow, like, it was nice to be around, you know, like, I finally realized, you know, I don't have straight hair, you know, like, care, like, my best friend, she's a Delta, like, everything, she was like, I'm a Delta, oh, you're a Delta, you're a Delta, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. my good friends is a Delta as well, yeah, my, my Deltas best, are incredible, yeah, she eats, breathes, sleeps, it's the elephant, correct, mm-hmm, elephant. Elephant. Mm-hmm. I bought her her, I think, was it 11th elephant, or 20, whatever the number you need before you can buy yourself mm-hmm. an elephant, I bought yeah. her the last one so she can get it all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you're a great friend. Yeah. <laughs> great friend. But like, yeah, great I had experience. a great experience. Um, just because, well, I also played soccer, so I already kind of had, in a way, built in friends. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, it just felt good for once to not be a minority. Like I've been my whole life, basically. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so it felt good to be around people who are around you, everybody understanding the same struggles, the same you know, just culture, everything that we can all relate on. And our teachers were black. So they were, you know, teaching from a black perspective rather than, you know, you see all those other white professors teaching the way that they want to teach. Mm-hmm. And it was just, and things that in the times that were going on, you could discuss it in class and it'd be kind of more open. You know, when you discuss 
taboo topics like that and predominantly white people tend to be timid people don't want to say what they want to say mm-hmm, or they yeah. kind of like are ignorant and say things that they don't understand where when you're in a class just all black people everybody nobody's timid everybody's talking <laughs> about it and everybody's open and we all understand each other without you know being disrespectful or you know trying to go around the subject and i don't know it was just a really great experience even for people who weren't black who went to mm-hmm. like they always Mm -hmm. say it's a great experience because in their eyes it's definitely a culture shock it's a lot of to be the minority that they've never been so to be like oh this feels like for them on a daily basis like i you know a lot of people and some people can't handle it i'm like you understand what we go through on a daily basis you can't handle and you want to leave you know what i mean so yeah because with mine um the reason my experience like it was not all good or bad because like being that I was mixed, you know, I, you know, I didn't really get bullied, but I got snapped at because, like, they wanted to recruit me to, like, the AKAs, you know, you know, the whole with them, and because, you know, my hair was straighter, and, like, for some reason, people would always, like, make snude comments towards me a lot there, because I think that's probably also one of the, uh, that's what I wanted to talk to you about, you know, how we're trying to unify, but there is that, like, you know, black on black crime kind of thing, because, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, guys, like, I'm just like you, but they're like, yeah, but no, not really you're not a real black person because you're privileged. Like you're, you're like, you didn't grow up hard. And I guess like, you know, discussing that with you, like how was your experience with the ABC, like HBCU with you? Because mm-hmm. I think that's what really put a damper on my experience. And I was so quick to ready to go to UT. Cause I was like, yeah. wow, like I'm supposed to be happy here, but like y'all are and hating on me. Cause like, oh, you, you're too proper. You're too this, you're in this, like you, you're go join um, Delta Gamma. Yeah, that's a lot of, that is a taboo topic. You know what that I mean? People try to avoid discussing is race on race crime. And, and it's in every race. Everybody has their own. I just never understood how you have everybody else going against you. How do you go against your own people? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I just doesn't matter if you speak the language, if you dress a certain way, your hair is a certain way. As long as you're proud to be, you know, who you are, you know where you come from, you you stand up for what you believe in for your people. Right. I don't think just because you speak a language or just because you wear your hair a certain way or eat food or whatever, you you're more of that person <laughs> than the next one. I will say that, like you mentioned, something that's taboo within the community that we don't talk about enough is colorism. And so how, you know, we discriminate on one another or how we just like treat people. But I also think that like, it's a part of like society It's part of social media is how we've been conditioned. Because mm-hmm. if you think about when you turn on the TV, traditionally, who do you see in commercials? You don't usually see a dark skin person um, or someone with darker skin, coarser hair. You usually don't see that. You see someone who's lighter and it's like no fault to them, but it's like, why can't you have a diversity of colors, of sizes and all of those things? Mm-hmm. And I think because we only see it one way, then we get to this place of like pitting one another against yeah. each other as opposed to like, no, let's have a conversation because we want to not do that. We want to not have those moments um, and we want to not do the thing that the world is doing to us. Like the world wants us to do that and we shouldn't be doing that to one another. So I definitely agree with that. Like colorism is real and we need to have conversations about it constantly. For sure. I think that's true. Cause I was watching um, the real housewives of Potomac on the reunion and they were discussing about colorism. They were trying to explain it to Andy Cohen for those who know that he's a really big Bravo guy, but he really couldn't understand it. Cause like, you don't, you don't understand the cold colorism. Mm-hmm. Like, like not, not really, you know what I mean? Cause like, mm-hmm. Oh, cause we've always been told, you know, dark girls can't wear neon yellow. Like you look ugly doing that, but you know, a lighter skin, mm-hmm. she can totally pull that off. 
you know, mm-hmm. and I think that is something we need to discuss more too, is because like it does happen. Because like I said, I was exp- like at the time I didn't know. I was just like, why do you hate me? Like I was just like did not understand it, you know. And then I don't know. Also, it's just like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to yeah, say? it's it's definitely a taboo subject. But again, it's with every culture has it in some shape or form. I just yeah. Like, there's just no need when you have everybody else against you to go against right. people. Like Ugh, I just, I just can never get that concept. Whether you agree with things or not, it's like at the end of the day, it's always going to be us versus them, always. Mm-hmm. And it's like we don't need you to be also on their us side. Versus them versus you. <laughs> yeah, like there's just right. no point. And it's just like I don't. I just not even just with it's just all minorities. Like not to say we're all against the white people, mm-hmm. but it, it in a way kind of is. So it's kind of like why are we gonna? you know, again, pinning against each other. That makes no sense to me. Like we should all yeah. be together to defeat racism as a whole rather than racism within the race. Like it doesn't make sense because the white people aren't going to like you better because you hate us. Like, you know what right. I mean? I feel like a lot of people have that ignorant mentality. Like, oh, if I'm doing it, then I'll be respect. Like, I don't know. That's so stupid to me. Like the whole idea of that. Yeah. And yeah. And I think it's connected to like, like whiteness period. So like, like white supremacy characteristics is embedded. It's like flowing all the time. And so you think a certain way because like, that's how we, like I said, like that's how we've been conditioned to think as opposed to like, nah, bruh, like I'm gonna do me and I'm gonna make sure that the community has it together. And if someone says something, I'm gonna say something to them to know like, that's not how we rock. Like we shouldn't, we shouldn't do those things. And I think that's where it happens of like people feed into it as opposed to like, no, I'm gonna stop this right here. I'm gonna stop you know, this conversation, I think of something I saw on Instagram where this little girl, this little chocolate, little chocolate, little baby, she looked so (laughs) cute. And she was saying, I am ugly. This baby was like two years old. She was like, I'm ugly. Her mom was like, don't you ever say that? She was like, you are beautiful. Love your skin, love your hair. And it's like, this baby is two years old. And for her to already like feel that way at two years old, mm -mm. like we, we got to change, you know? We gotta have people in general for a two-year-old to even think they're ugly. Like, who told you you're ugly at two years old to even? And then on top of that, she's thinking she's ugly because of her skin and her hair, which is somebody in her little daycare must have said something. Because how do you know at two years old that you're ugly because you're dark or you're ugly because your hair is coarse? And like, I don't know, just it's all within the parents because you know kids aren't taught to hate kids aren't taught to be rude to each other they're taught from their parents to think a certain way when you see a black person this is what you think this is what you say mm-hmm. and um and another topic that's like in as i'm seeing all over again which i think is crazy how they had to have the crown act for black women to have their hair whatever they want without being in trouble or getting yeah, that home like i think that's stupid that we had to have an act so we could wear our hair the way we want to wear our hair and it's not looked professional yeah when you're in the professional world and i'm you know it sucks that we have that but i'm glad it's in place so we can make people feel more comfortable because like you know um because i recently just recently learned how to embrace my curly hair because one i didn't know the products i was buying (laughs) that's the biggest thing but that's also because you know we i didn't research it either because my schools were prominently white or Mexican, the two schools I went to. So it wasn't really talked about. And because we had, you know, more relaxed hair, my mom can do it easier. Yeah. But, you know, 
again, but we were just taught like, okay, we straighten our hair, we curl our hair, that's appropriate for a job interview. And I'm glad that that act is in place now, finally, you know, it took so long. So I can go to an interview with my curly hair or braids or box braids or don't do this because like, you know, Mm -hmm. or yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, like, which, you know, it'll be, it'll be a little bit for them to like, except to, to that yeah. you know which but again just, ugh, so annoying yeah it just doesn't make sense to me i want box sprays how somebody's hair makes even though you said your job yeah you should not look my hair my brown for the box sprays and i i just think it, the hair looks cheap it just doesn't look good Ooh. Oh, i'm gonna try it. Tell all your business i know <laughs> i know it's like she should have done a, a took a little time and more money to spend on it oh, it was a trial it was a trial did not look good Damn. and the color it just it just wasn't matching <laughs> there was a picture i'll show you all a picture i think i liked good i don't know <laughs> Whatever. But it was definitely like thirty dollar hair, cheap hair that didn't like. It just it was a mess. But she hasn't tried it since. <laughs> it's been a But um, I think this is a great conversation. And um, so, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Baddies with Business. I'm also on Facebook, and then my website www.baddieswithbusiness.com. I definitely want to be picking your brain some more because I like having these conversations because I, you know, with um, people that aren't going to like jump at you for different opinions. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that's something we do need to embrace more with everybody Mm -hmm. because, you know, with my white friends, I told them, like, ask me anything. If you think something is weird or you feel uncomfortable, ask me because like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be more obviously open to see what your side is rather than you go say something and then you're gonna pick the wrong <laughs> and then not see that it's wrong yeah and someone's gonna someone's gonna hit you or something so i <laughs> yeah you're gonna pick the wrong one to ask yeah or say something because to me I, I still think it's crazy how ignorant people are without knowing that they're ignorant and to yeah. me people i feel people use that as an excuse a little bit like they didn't have to educate yourself it's like you you know not to say that there's nothing to educate period but some people who genuinely with situations don't understand like oh I, I i've been saying this my whole life i never knew or like you know saying certain phrases that mm-hmm. might upset people that you know they never were corrected and now they're like oh now i know but in some cases i'm just like you knew don't use that as an excuse to educate yourself you knew damn well you were a grown adult you right those words should not be acting that way should not mm-hmm. be saying those things doing nothing but like some people genuinely like yeah the ones i don't, don't know, know yeah i think you just ask i feel like if you come to in a normal manner be like hey is this offensive offensive is this rude to say what does this mean and i can just be like uh yeah duh like and let me tell you let me educate you this is why it's offensive this is where it stems from now you know after mm-hmm. that if you do something else then of course like yeah then that's your own problem you know but it's never harm to just again google pick up a book <laughs> yeah pick up a book yes. it's not hard to just say hey is this offensive i'm sure someone's written you about know, it with that someone asked me this actually about google what do you google because this girl said people say that google it look it up but then people are like asking. What? so say if something's like if i ask why is your hair frizzier than mine is that offensive google it why is it so you already know your oh, answer like, I, like, I like that that they don't <laughs> understand it's like why is my hair more frizzier yeah i mean, I mean guess, you just google right. it simple right. answer or if you don't have 
if you don't have any black friends or anyone black in your community, that might be a problem in itself. But, you know, ask somebody, you know, ask somebody to ask somebody like, hey, I know you're dating a black man. Ask his mom. Is this something, you know, just to get if you really don't know and you don't want to offend the next person, just ask. It's not that hard. Yeah, I agree with the Google (laughs) because Google is free um, and you can just go in there and type the little things. I think also we you know, I appreciate that you name, like, I told my white friends, come talk to me about this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. I tell my white friends, go talk to their white friends. Don't come talk to me. <laughs> so I'm glad that you are that friend because I'm, there's some that I'll talk to. There's others that I'm like, nah, bro, go talk to them. Go yeah. do this. Go look up this thing because, like, I am not going to be your, like, keeper of all the secrets of, like, black and brown folk I, I, that's not gonna be me yeah uh, but I'm glad you're that friend yeah I'm that person because it's like I rather you hear it from me correctly and then mm-hmm. you google and misinterpret it and then you think you're good and then I'm like where'd you read that and then you read this article written by a white person saying mm-hmm. their truth so yes. I rather them ask me so yeah so you ask, don't get hit so an you know actual I mean? source ask yeah. someone because yeah. like that's the only reason I say it with that because if you're my friend I care about you I don't want you to go say this to the wrong person then you get hit and you're like I googled it and they said it was good I'm like what did you google like come ask me next time so I can let you know like just because I don't want you know that's that's common sense well obviously well in my mind don't say that I don't know in my mind if you have to second guess don't say it it's not worth it (laughs) it probably is offensive if you have to ask is this offensive it's probably going to be offensive yeah all right. Well, thank you for coming on. I had so much fun. I, like I said, I definitely want to talk to you more. Yeah, it was really educational. So hope everybody, you know, maybe has a new light looking out there. Or if y'all have, you know, questions that maybe we didn't answer, you want to get to know her, go ahead and follow her. Mm-hmm. Go DM her, Baddies with the Business. She is obviously a very educated Black woman. Yes, that we love. That and- will push you down on the court. <laughs> is, that, is that a court? A ring? The a ring track. Ring? and then also just check out everybody else that she is promoting and speaking with so check out her podcast you guys can probably learn so much more from all the businesses from black owned women which we absolutely love that here and um where can they find us too Oh, well, y'all can find us, you know, on all Apple podcasts, Spotify podcasts. Make sure y'all comment, rate, subscribe to our channel because we do have a YouTube channel. Um, And, you know, let us, if y'all want anything else, any other discussions you want us to talk about, DM us. We still have that email, everybody. (laughs) We still have that email and nobody emails us. (laughs) I know. I'm like, oh, somebody emailed us. But um, yes, guys. So again, do not be racist and always remember to do you, sis.